Welcome to the Vineyard Church of Greater Portland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Mario Mastin. For more podcasts and other resources, please visit www.vineyardportland.org. Of America, the right reverend, um, Michael Curry, his message, if you didn't hear it, on the power of redemptive love blew through St. George's Chapel at Windsor Castle yesterday was just, it was amazing. It was amazing watching the royals. They were like, what is this? Eyes like this. But it was really cool, the gospel choir that sang, and, and then all the other stuff that we bring, the tradition. The, but just, it was really cool. Then I watched my team lose the FA Cup to Chelsea 1-0. Now, that was over. My wife said to me, honey, I, we have a little leak in the basement. Her definition of little and mine is really different. <laughs> so we spent time yesterday cleaning that up, and, uh, but nothing could detract from that wedding. It was great. It was cool. So I hope you had a good day yesterday. Uh, this morning, we're going to continue with a series we've been doing on the Holy Spirit. Actually, today is Pentecost in the Christian calendar, uh, where we celebrate that. And originally, when we started this series, I said we were going to go from Easter to Pentecost. We would have done. We took one week break off in deference to the ladies' retreat, because a lot of ladies were away, and I didn't want to proceed with the series while they were away. And so we're actually going to finish it next week. But today is Pentecost, and we are going to be thinking about the Holy Spirit again this morning. And um, what we're going to do today is just think about how we can invite the Holy Spirit into every aspect of our lives, because that's what he wants us to do. Yeah, he doesn't want to be kind of compartmentalized, like so that we compartmentalize the Holy Spirit to Sunday morning between a couple of hours or maybe a couple of hours at a life group during the week or maybe like last night when we gathered here for the, for the worship. And by the way, shout out to Jim, to Brad, to Matt, help me out, whoever, to Melissa, to uh, Shanna, to Ruth, to who else was on it? Chris, Gift, Joseph. Those guys did an absolutely, you guys really did an amazing job with worship last night. Jay on sound. No, I really mean that. It, it's um, when we have these worship nights, come guys, these guys put time, effort, energy, heart preparation into it. And the worship last night was just wonderful. It really was. So when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we don't want to compartmentalize him. And he doesn't want to be compartmentalized in our lives. He wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives. And that's what we want to think about this morning. And one of the ways that we can do that is by from the heart and in a genuine way praying a very simple and ancient prayer that believers have been praying for a long time. Way before the vineyard was around, by the way. I mean, the vineyard didn't come up with this prayer. It's one that we pray a lot. But this, has been, this prayer has been around for ancient times in the body of Christ. And it's the simple prayer, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. It's a prayer of invitation to the Spirit of God. 
to move in any way that he chooses to move. Not that we choose for him to move, that he chooses to move. It's a prayer of invitation. Not a prayer of us setting an agenda for the Holy Spirit, but of us saying, come Holy Spirit and do what you want to do in the way you want to do it. Both in our personal lives, in our corporate life as a church, and in the world in which you've placed us. It's also a powerful and sometimes dangerous prayer to pray. Because the Holy Spirit's powerful. It is a prayer, as I said, that's been prayed from ancient times, right through, including today. And it's clear from the scriptures as well, as we'll see in just a moment, that we can, and we're exhorted to, and we should, call upon and invite the Holy Spirit to move in our personal lives, in our church life, in our community life, in the world of which we're a part. And you know that this is important to us uh, in the vineyard in terms of our ecclesiology. Ecclesiology is just a doctrinal term for church life, how we do church. So let's see what the, what the scripture has to say about this. And I want to look at a foundational passage that's found in John's gospel. And these are the words of Jesus to us. And this is what he says. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. So when Jesus left, it was for our benefit. He's speaking to his disciples, by extension to all disciples down through the ages. He is saying, for me to go away is actually for your good, not for your ill. Now at the time, the disciples that were with him, I'm sure were perplexed by that. And thought, what's going to happen if he leaves? But he said, hey, hold on, guys. For me to go is for your good. It's for your benefit. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. So he's basically saying it's an A equals B here. For me to go away, that is necessitated in order for the counselor to come to you. The counselor will not come, he says, to you if I don't go away. But if I go, I will send him to you. I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is to come. He will bring glory to me by taking what is from mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. This is an amazing passage about the Holy Spirit. In the Gospel of John, spoken by Jesus, remember. The Spirit is described here in a number of different ways as counselor, as advocate. Advocate just means the God who backs us up, the God who supports us, the God who contends for us and carries us. In other words, the Holy Spirit is an encourager, he's a bridge builder, 
He's a good offense and defense for us whenever we call upon him. Learning to say that simple prayer, come, Holy Spirit. Can anybody not say that? Good. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Come, Holy Spirit. Learning to say that prayer opens us up to a life where Jesus is in the lead and he's carrying us forward in faith in whatever circumstance, situation we find ourselves. It's a simple invitation prayer from the heart. But don't belittle this prayer because it's simple. This prayer is a game changer. It's a game changer. Because we are inviting the Holy Spirit of God into our lives, into the circumstance, into the situation. There's no greater game changer than the Spirit of the living God. Well, if that's true, then what does it look like when the Holy Spirit changes the game at our invitation? Well, let's look at that just for a few minutes this morning. The first thing is... We get to live in the Holy Spirit. We get to live in the Holy Spirit. Most Christians, if they were asked, would probably say that they would want to live a life led and guided by the Holy Spirit. I think most Christians would say that if you asked them individually. I, I think they'd say, yeah, I do want to live a life led and guided by the Holy Spirit. I don't want to live a life with rules and regulations. Uh, a, a life driven by other people's expectations of me. I want to live a life in tune with God and led by the Holy Spirit. However, when the rubber reaches the meat, reaches when the rubber. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Let me try that again. <laughs> when the rubber meets the road. Sometimes being led by the Spirit of God means doing things in a way that we may be reluctant about. Being led in ways that we might be somewhat reluctant naturally to be led. We may in some cir circumstances have to slow right down when we'd rather just be trucking. In other circumstances we might need to speed up when we'd rather just like sit back on our laurels and not do anything. We may have to choose what seems to us unnatural and not a choice that we want to make. Or we may have to do things that involve stepping out and taking huge risks. And when I say huge risks, I don't necessarily mean big things all the time. Sometimes very small things that we are reluctant to do or fearful about doing involve huge risk for us when we take that small step. Keeping in step with the Spirit means we are locked in to a Spirit way of living, to walking in the ways that the Holy Spirit wants us to walk. It means we don't resist Him, but rather we welcome Him to guide us and direct our steps. 
And when we're locked into the Spirit's direction and His pace for our lives, I don't know if you've noticed this, the Holy Spirit has different pacing in our lives in different seasons and different paces of life for different people. So don't ever kind of compare the pace at which the Holy Spirit is moving you with someone else and either judge them for not moving at the pace you are at or judge yourself for, for not moving at the pace they're moving at. The Holy Spirit has pacing for each of our lives. And when we're locked into the Spirit's direction and pace in our lives, we're on the pathway, I would submit to you, to a fruitful life in God. Full of the character traits of Jesus that are emerging in us as the Holy Spirit does his work in us. Because what the Holy Spirit about is about is changing us inwardly. And then our outward behavior corresponds to what's going on inside. Which is why it's about relationship and not rules. Look, you can know doctrine, you can know theology, you can be well-schooled and all that stuff. But that stuff is powerless to change you on the inside. It's powerless to deal with your attitudes and behavior patterns and thought process. You need and I need internal transformational work that Chad was referring to in relationship to the love of God this morning, administered to us on the inside through the work of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not knocking good doctrine or theology, okay, so let me just like, you know, put a parenthesis around that. I'm just saying that those things in and of themselves are powerless to change us. It's God that does the transformational work on the inside of us through the active work of the Holy Spirit changing us into the likeness of Jesus. Paul showed us exactly what that looks like in his letter to the Christians in Galatia when under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wrote this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there's no law. Those who belong to Christ have, the crucifi have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. And here it is. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So there's two things going on here in relationship to this internal work, fruit-bearing work that the Holy Spirit does of conforming us to the image of Christ. We live by the Spirit. And then Paul exhorts us, therefore, keep in step with the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is going somewhere and doing something all the time. So let him be the source of your life, but also let him be the one that you stay in step with as he guides and leads you into all that he is doing. All that he takes that is Jesus and gives to you based on what Jesus said in John's gospel that we read at the beginning of our time today. When we keep our heart open to the Spirit, changing us, things happen in our lives. They really do. When our heart is open to the Holy Spirit and we say, come Holy Spirit, we invite him to do a work of internal change in us, things happen. The fruits of the Spirit are the ways that the Spirit empowers us to live 
contrary to the natural patterns, contrary to that old nature, contrary to our old preferences, patterns, and prejudices. The Holy Spirit liberates us from all that stuff. Now, it's a progressive work that he's doing in our lives. It doesn't happen overnight, right? It's an ongoing thing, you know? But the Holy Spirit is at work doing that, setting us free from those things. And why do we need to learn how to live in a way that goes against what we may have grown up with, may have learned by experience, or may even prefer naturally? Well, God's Word tells us this. There is a way that appears right, but in the end it leads to death. There's a way that appears right. In other words, what got us here, things like bitterness, impatience, anger, lies, harshness, a lack of self-control, won't get us there to a Christ-like life of wholeness, joy, and peace. When we say, come Holy Spirit, we're inviting the Spirit of God who lives in us, according to Romans 8, 11, he's already living in us, right? To teach us how to live according to the new patterns of the kingdom of God, cutting uh, a way through the kind of cultural morass and ocean around us. When the Spirit's invited to lead, we learn how to truly love. We learn how to experience joy. We learn what it means to maintain peace, to settle into patience, to express consistent kindness, to reveal God through goodness, to approach others with gentleness, and to maintain self-control in our lives so we don't spin out of control. That's what God is doing in us through the work of the Holy Spirit. And when we say, come Holy Spirit, with an open heart, and we invite him to continue to do that in us, he will continue to do it. When the, when the Holy Spirit's invited to lead, change will follow. The fruits of the Spirit are ours. Listen to me here. The fruits of the Spirit are ours if we decide we're going to live in step with the Spirit. Now, obviously, they're his fruit, but the promise is they will be born in our lives as we live by him and keep in step with what he's doing. Because this is true, we have every reason to welcome the Holy Spirit. There is no reason for you not to welcome the Holy Spirit in your life. There's no reason for us as a church not to welcome the Holy Spirit. As we live and walk and keep in step with the Spirit, our discernment as to what pleases God and ultimately what is our best way forward rises. The Spirit within us helps us to understand and perceive what is from God in daily life as we're walking it out between the stop signs. The Holy Spirit helps us do that. The Apostle Paul went on and said this as well. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, and comma, now he tells us why. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. God has given us his spirit, not the spirit of the world, for this purpose, 
that we might understand what has freely been given to us by God. Once we see how much better it is to live the with God life, we become open to the grace and gifts that God intends to give to us through His Spirit. The Spirit also teaches us how to pray for others by listening to God first, then speaking His heart into their situation. This prayer ministry training that we're doing, is, as Chad rightly said this morning, is not just for people to, to serve on the prayer ministry team, although you have to go through the training before you can do that. But this is for everybody in the church because we need to learn how to hear the Holy Spirit, follow His lead, pray for others, and see Him move in their life and in their circumstances in a real way now. That's something for all of us. We've received the Spirit of God who's within us so that we can discern the Spirit's movements, what He's doing, and then go with Him as He leads. When we pray, come Holy Spirit, we become sensitive to the Spirit's presence. I can't remember if we sang this this morning, no, or last night. I think it was last night, we sang that song about being a lover of God's presence. At least I think we did. We become sensitive to his presence, ready to be used by God in beautiful, simple, but miraculous ways. I mean, let me ask you this question. Do you ever wish you could hear the Lord's voice better? Yeah, me too. Do you ever wish uh, that you knew his will more clearly? Yes. Right. Sometimes we place blame on God saying things that go something like this. You're not really speaking to me in the way I need to hear you right now. In fact, sometimes whole churches complain. You're really not speaking to us in the way that we need to hear you right now. But learning to hear the voice of God and to respond to the Holy Spirit's leading does not begin in the moment of our need. That's not where it begins. Rather, it begins in the mundane daily activity of welcoming the Holy Spirit into the little concerns of our lives. We don't have to wait until the big need shows up and then say, Holy Spirit, where are you? The idea is we invite him into a continuous relationship and communion with us and us with him in the little things of life every day. We learn to listen one moment at a time. We practice stopping to hear the still, small voice of the Spirit prompting our thinking, turning our minds to the thoughts that come from the mind of God. And we do that daily. Let me put this out there just as an exercise I invite you to do. And I'm inviting me to do this too. Try this week doing something like this. Get up in the morning and say, Good morning, Holy Spirit. 
I know Jim Gonder does this. I don't know where Jim is right now, but he tells me like before, when he wakes up in the morning, before his fit feet hit the floor, he gets out of bed, he just says, Lord, here I am. Say, good morning, Holy Spirit, I love you. Remember, we've said at the beginning of this whole series that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He is God. He's not an it. He's a personality. You can say to him, I love you. My life is yours. Come lead me. Lead my life again today. I want to hear your voice. I want to see what you're doing around me. I want to think your thoughts after you. I don't want to tell you what to think. I want to think your thoughts after you. I'm ready to become who you intend for me to become. I'm ready to be used today for your glory. I'm ready to show the fruits of the Spirit in each area of my life and relationships. Because I know that ultimately, the best thing for me and for those I love is to do just that. I want to do your will. Lead me now, Holy Spirit. Beginning your day with that kind of invitation to the Holy Spirit. Now, that's quite a prayer to pray each day. And while it might be a new idea, discerning what God is doing in particular moments, enabling us to pray, to act, to live more effectively, has everything to do with the many smaller, less glamorous moments when we learn to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us through the minutes of the day. So given that, I want to move into the last thing I want to say this morning, which is this. Living like that is available to each one of us. You don't have to be a spiritual megastar to live like that. I don't think God has spiritual megastars, by the way. But you don't, don't put that on yourself. Every single one of us can live this way. So I encourage you, become a Holy Spirit. Become a come Holy Spirit Christian. Keeping in step with the Spirit means we're walking in the Spirit. And how do we learn to do that? We start by taking small steps in our journey with God. Practicing, obeying the scriptures and what the Spirit whispers to us, especially in hard moments. You know, it's Paul again that said this. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what's contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other so that you are not able to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. In other words, learning to walk in the Spirit means we can start taking small steps today. Let me put some flesh on those bones and give you an example of what that mean, might mean. If there is someone you know, it could be a family member, it could be a close friend, it could be a work colleague, somebody that you have some connection, association with, somebody in the network of relationships in your life in some way. You know they're going through a different difficult time. It may seem to you with your limited perspective that they're like far from God and they're really struggling and stuff is tough 
And maybe they're making choices that you think, I'm not sure those are the best choices to be making. And previously, you've looked at them and in your heart, you've judged them. Because of what you think you know and what you think you perceive about their life. And so there's judgment in your heart toward them. Walking in the Spirit means you no longer follow that old pattern. You're no longer gratifying the desire of your flesh to judge someone else. Neither publicly nor privately. Because sometimes like, well, we know we're not supposed to judge because if we judge, we'll be judged. So publicly, we tend not to do that. Unless we're in small groups having conversations with people where nobody else hears. But privately... We sometimes carry that stuff in our heart. We nurture it. We really develop that kind of judgmental attitude towards someone. And we're like, at least we've got enough smarts not to give voice to that publicly. But inside, that's where we're living. Walking by the Spirit means we let go of that stuff. We look upon that person now with compassion and love, and we pray for them. And we say, Lord, lead me. I, how can I love and pray for this person with compassion and kindness and tenderness in the privacy of my own intercessory prayer? Maybe God will lay something on your life or reveal something about what that person's struggling with for you through the Holy Spirit in order to fuel your prayer for them. You know, when God gives us insights like that, words of knowledge and things for people, this is not about us getting off on having some prophetic gifting. This is about us then being able to translate what God has given to us into spirit-directed prayer for that person so that God can come and do in them what he wants to do. You know, it was Dostoevsky, the Russian novelist and, uh, and philosopher who was a Christian, and he said to this, he said this, to love someone means to see them as God intended. To look at them as not as they are, but as God intends for them to be. That's the way that God looks at us. He calls those things that are not as though they were. Thank God for that. He doesn't look at me in, through the the grid of all of my imperfections, failures, foibles, inconsistencies. He sees me through the lens of love and what love's intention is for me in terms of my destiny in Christ. And God calls that forth. We can do that in the lives of others. You know, God may want you to be the primary intercessor for someone in the privacy of your communion and prayer life with God. Walking in the Spirit means doing that when the Lord prompts us that way. Walking in the Spirit then is more than just a set of doctrinal beliefs, even if they're correct. It's about the practice of what I want to call this morning Christ-like virtues. 
And that term doesn't originate with me. You know the word virtue, virtues. I would recommend this book to you, Tom Wright's book, After You Believe, Why Christian Character Matters. In, in this book, he talks a lot about virtue and virtues, and he defines virtue this way. He says, virtue is what happens when someone has made a thousand small choices requiring effort and concentration to do something which is good and right, but which doesn't come naturally. And then, on the thousand and first time, when it really matters, they find out that they do what's right and required automatically. And then he says this, virtue is what happens when wise and courageous choices become second nature. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Cause us to lead virtuous lives. Lives where his spirit is so working in us that his fruit is being developed and that virtuous life is something that we begin to lay hold of and walk out. Virtue is a spirit-empowered way of choosing to live. Sure, it's easier to keep going on, going to church, being angry, sublimating your anger, judging others. Praying prayers that have more to do with our will than they do with God's. Of course it's easier to do all of that stuff. But that's not what we're called to. That's not the spirit life. The more we practice honoring the spirit, listening and following that inner guidance system, if you like, living a vir virtuous life, the more God can use us individually and corporately in unique and powerful ways according to his plan and purpose. And don't we really, in the last analysis, don't we all really want that as believers? I hope so. I hope that's what I want in my own heart. As we practice virtues that are the fruit of the Spirit, walking in discernment and ceasing to gratify our own sinful desires, we become more like Jesus, and that changes our thoughts, our words, our actions, both in public and in private. And you know what we begin finds to happen? That there is this synchronicity, that there's a consistency between who we are behind closed doors, and who we are in front of everybody else. So let me close. Praying the prayer, come Holy Spirit, is really like asking the ocean to splash over our feet when we're on the beach. Now, if that happened, we'd be swept away in a new tsunami of power and water that we couldn't handle. God knows we can't handle all of him at once. So he's happy for us when we say yes to him to give us his presence, his power in the small ways that we can handle him in the moment. I want to finish this morning with one more passage of scripture. Again, it's written by Paul. 
And he's writing to the uh, believers in Ephesus, and he's talking about the Holy Spirit being our seal and our deposit. And he says, and you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit has sealed you, and the Holy Spirit is a deposit in your life of all that God has promised to you in Christ. You are God's possession to the promise and praise of his glory. And this passage, passage speaks to the reality that God's spirit is both of those things. He's the seal and he's the deposit. And if we keep Walking in the way of the Spirit, we will find that God is faithful to fulfill his promise to us. And to do all that he intends in and through us. So let's, let's you know, be a come Holy Spirit group of Christians. Let's be that way as a church. So we can see God move in our lives personally, in the lives of others, in our life together as a people, led, guided, and empowered by the Spirit, and it's all for the purpose of what? His glory. So let's stand up this morning. And uh, I want to invite those that are on the ministry team to come up, if you would, because we are going to pray that simple, ancient prayer this morning, come Holy Spirit, and we're going to do it with expectation that God will move, that God will come, that God will touch people this morning in this place with his presence. So let's pray. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the words of Jesus who said that he went away for our good so that we could receive, <coughs> excuse me, the comforter, the advocate, the teacher, the leader, the guide, the Holy Spirit. So, Holy Spirit, we invite you now and we say, come, Holy Spirit. We join with all the saints from the ancient times down through the last two millennia and all the saints across the planet today. We join with them, Lord, and we say, come, Holy Spirit. We know you are in our hearts. We know you're in this place. We ask you to come. We invite you to move right now. Come, Lord. I invite you this morning to be those who invite the Holy Spirit into your life right now. And if you're here and you've never invited Christ to come into your heart, you can do that this morning. And when you do that, it's the Holy Spirit of the living God that will come into you. You can just say, come, God, and live in me through your son, Jesus. I open my heart to you and to your spirit, for the spirit of Christ to come and live in me. And for the majority of us that are here this morning that already know Jesus and have done that, I encourage you this morning, again, open your heart afresh. Invite him into every aspect of your life right now. Say, come, Holy Spirit. If you need healing, 
say, come, Holy Spirit. If you need direction, say, come, Holy Spirit. If you need fresh hope that Jim was talking about at the beginning of our time together this morning, then say, come, Holy Spirit. If you need new boldness and conviction in your life, say, come, Holy Spirit. If you need to see God and long to see God move in the life of a loved one or a friend or a work acquaintance or somebody else that you're connected to or a neighbor, say, come, Holy Spirit. If you long to see Jesus and his likeness more fully developed in you, say, come, Holy Spirit. Bear your fruit in my life. And I invite you this morning, if you want to see the Holy Spirit move in any way in your life, in the lives of others, for which you would like to receive prayer, come up this morning. Come. Let us pray for you. I believe the Spirit of God is here and he responds to our invitation. Don't pass that invitation up. Come and let the Spirit of God move in your life. Father, we love you. We bless you. We pray that ancient prayer with faith and expectation this morning that you are the living God and you will move. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.